Good day, my friends, and welcome to the Craig Shapiro Tennis Podcast. Today's show is brought to you by the legendary Sergio Tacchini, the brand worn by John McEnroe, Vitas Garolitis, Novak Djokovic, and Gabriella Sabatini. Check them out at SergioTacchini.com and use the code CRAIG30 in all caps to receive 30% off of your order. I have a special announcement to make. It is with great pleasure to tell you all that Arete Complete is the official towel of the Craig Shapiro Tennis Podcast. I'm just thrilled to talk about this company. The towel is the brainchild of Paul Mostyn. He is a Philly guy, and he is a tennis guy just like us. Arete Complete is the official towel of Peloton, and the tennis towels are ultra-absorbent. They're beautifully designed works of art. The colors pop like nothing I have ever seen before. They come in a tennis court green, an Aussie open blue, a red clay, and they also have a laver cup gray. The design is phenomenal. And listen, you know if you're practicing and playing hard, whether we're in overcast Malibu or really the dreadfully humid weather in the Northeast, if you're in Miami, if you're pouring sweat and you can't get dry, you cannot play well. This is the solution to those problems. And you can see them at A-R-E-T-E-C-O-M-P-L-E-T-E.com. Use the code SHAP20 in all caps for 20% off of your order. Again, Paul, Arete complete. Welcome aboard. I am just pumped to be able to announce that. Today's guest was born and raised in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and in 2005 played number two at Slippery Rock University. After graduating, he attended the Kent State College of Podiatric Medicine. He is a podiatrist and is board certified in foot and ankle surgery. Dr. Zach Thomas, the tennis pro doc, is today's guest, and this is the Tennis Shoes Special. My man, my man, are you there? Can you hear me? I'm clear? here. I'm hearing you. And where are you, in Pittsburgh? I'm in Pittsburgh, PA, in my parents' basement right now. And you have <laughs> snow on the ground and no? Uh, there is, it's melting, but there is snow on the ground. Oh, man, forget about it. Gentlemen, you hear is the tennis-playing podiatrist who play tests and slices and dices all the tennis shoes, and he does it on YouTube. He's got an active program on social media, and that is Dr. Zach Thomas, the tennis pro doc. My man, my man, thank you for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. This is, uh, this is great. Have you been getting on the court? Uh, yeah, I've, um, I've been trying to play outside as much as I can. Uh, but, you know, when it gets into the 30s, like, I'm only out there for 35, 40 minutes, so. Uh, but we have our indoor clubs. You have to wear a mask to play. But, yeah, we're playing. You are a foot and ankle surgeon. Yes, that's my board certification is foot and ankle surgery. So what's an example of a surgery that you might do? Um, well, right now I just left my, my wife's a surgeon too. And right now I just left her. We're repairing two tendons on the outside of someone's foot that they tore. Um, that's kind of like a typical Friday. Repairing tendons. Yeah. And your wife does it too? Yep. That's how we met. You met her at school or you met her in the hospital? No, no. I was, uh, I was a surgical resident, and we were both in New Orleans at a conference, and uh, we, met at, uh, we met at a hurricane bar down in uh, New Orleans. That's a whole other podcast. Um, yeah. <laughs> but you've got <laughs> a heavy tennis background. You love tennis. And, and as we said, you know, people, they love my racket special I do with Roman Prokis and my fans are clamoring for a, a tennis shoe special and you are the tennis shoe expert more than anyone else there is you you do something special why don't you explain to everyone what it is you do uh well I um I cut the tennis shoes in half and then I review them from kind of the inside out from a perspective of a foot doctor someone that recommend shoes all day I mean, that's what i do all day is recommend shoes and uh, also just from someone that used to play a lot i played in college and then i taught for a while i kind of try to break through some of the marketing of the shoes and kind of get really into the biomechanics of the shoe and what foot types they fit best and which ones they don't 
uh, because, you know, every shoe is different. Every foot's different. So, you know, there's, you know, there's bound to be matches and misses. Hang on a second. You listen, you play test them. Yes. You, you, and then you slice them open. Yes. You literally cut them open. I don't make sure that's on people understand that you go on the internet and Zach play test the shoe. I think his footwork, I think your footwork is good. I think that, uh, what would you say your level is at the moment uh, as a player? Um, my highest rating was a 5-0, and uh, I, I, was, I was winning matches consistently at a 5-0 level. Now that, I mean, I don't really play as much, I, 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 would, I would say I, I'm, I, play, you, I probably play solid 4-5 tennis. Um, you know, if, I agree. I agree. I think you're, I think yeah. you're a 4-5 player that if you quit your job and lost a few pounds and, and uh, like, trained, you could, you're probably playing 5-0 tennis. You got clean strokes. You have command of all the strokes, and you. I think you. I think that the play testing that you do makes me believe what you have to say. What prompted the slice them open? So I was. Uh, so there was somebody that in my office that just didn't believe me when I told them that a, a certain thing in their shoe was a gimmick, and that it really wasn't any. That it just wasn't anything. Um, and I said, "Fine, I'll go home and I'll cut one open, and I will show you." So I went and cut the shoe open. I showed the patient and they were just, you know, their eyes just kind of rolled in the back of their head. Like, you know, how could these people have done this to me? And uh, it was a tennis player. And cause I have a large tennis base. Uh, cause where I used to work now, uh, I live 10 minutes from there and I work 10 minutes in there. So all the people I used to play tennis with and teach now are all my patients. Um, so I started doing that and people were just asking me the same questions over and over and over again about shoes and, tennis injuries. And so I said, well, let me just start putting these on videos. So I don't have to say the same thing over and over again at my job. You know, my, my, I was going hoarse during the day. And so I put them up on the internet. And the first video I did was on the Adidas Stycon, the BOA, the BOA version. And immediately it took off. And I said, all right, well, you know, this people are, people are genuinely interested in this. So I might as well keep going. Now, what is the difference between a podiatrist and an orthopedist? Orthopedic surgeon goes to or, goes to allopathic medical school. They get an MD behind their name. I went to podiatry school, so it's four years, and then you do a three year residency. And you know, in my residency, I was, you know, I was a resident with all the medical residents. It's just when you're in school, your first two years are are very similar to MD orthopedic or not orthopedic MD allopathic medical school, and then your last two years, you're doing just foot it's foot 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 but so why, why would someone go to you and not go to an orthopedist and vice versa in terms of the surgical aspect of it a good foot and ankle orthopedic surgeon and a good podiatric surgeon i would say are pretty much equal in terms of let's say you had a knee problem and a foot problem then i would go to an orthopedic surgeon if you had an elbow problem and a foot problem i'd go to an orthopedic surgeon if you have an ingrown toenail or if you have blisters, calluses, or if you wanted shoe recommendations, you would want to go to a podiatrist, someone that just focuses more on biomechanics and that kind of thing. Orthopedic surgeons are more of, you know, mechanics. They, you know, they fix things. Are more carpenters. Uh, podiatry is a little more all around just the foot. So if you want like a pair of orthotics made, you're going to go to a podiatrist. I mean, at least I would. Um, but, you know, if I, had, if I had arthritis everywhere in my body and I also had it in my foot, but I needed someone to look at my elbow too, then I'd, I'd go to North Vegas. Who do you go to for an Achilles? Either or, you know, I, I mean, a well-trained podiatrist or a well-trained orthopedic surgeon will get you pretty much the same result. Okay, now listen, normally, you know, I do a five-set format, but yeah. this is a very unique show. So we're going to do a hard-charging three-setter. And just rock with me and let's see how we do, okay? Sounds good. So listen, the first set, I want to talk about pro players and what they're doing shoe-wise. Yeah. There's really only four brands in the top 10 of men. And there's, I think, four brands in the top 10 of women. It's Nike, Adidas, Asics, and Fila. Because Fila actually... They make a shoe, and, and part of their deal, generally speaking, is, is that their player, if they wear their gear, they play with their shoe. Let's start with Nike. Let's start with 
Rafa and Fed. Uh, what can you tell me about their shoes? So the first thing I can tell you about their shoes is they're not playing with the shoe that you're playing with, even if you get their signature shoe. They're, so Federer is playing with the Vapor 10. Uh, as of now, who knows now that he's not with Nike and he's not in their, his footwear contract wore out, so who knows. But as of right now, he's playing with the Vapor 10. Now, his shoe is made a lot wider than the, real, than the Vapor 10 that you see at the store. They mold it around his foot. That's what he's playing with. He plays with a much lighter shoe. Rafa is playing with. Hang on a second. Let, let me stop you quickly. Yeah. Roger plays with a lighter shoe than the shoe that's on the market. Explain that. So I. So he's not. I'm just saying he's playing with a lighter shoe than Rafa is. Um, oh, I'm sorry. In terms of his shoe, yeah. In terms of his shoe, I would venture to guess it might actually be a tad heavier than the shoe that's made for mass consumption, just because it is a. It's more. There's just more shoe there. Okay. And, and what about Rafa? So, so Rafa is playing with the Vapor Cage line. Now, if you look at him this year at, uh, at the French Open, that was like the first time you really got a good look at him this year. He was playing with an all-black Vapor Cage. Th- that was more of the Vapor Cage 3 in, in his custom mold. If you looked right before, the, right before the French Open, they released the Tiger Woods, Rafael Nadal signature Vapor Cage. He's not playing with that shoe. He, he plays with something with a little bit more of a boxy toe box um, and a little bit of a lighter upper uh, versus the Vapor Cage 4 that you see like Elena Svitolina wearing where, she, where she's wearing the Vapor Cage 4. Is there a difference between the men's line and the women's line of the shoe? Uh, the women's line, they're, some of them, yes, they're cut a little bit more narrow. Uh, but other than that, besides that, kind of in the midfoot of the shoe. Besides that, no, not really, because uh, when I was playing with the Nike Flares, you know, I, I wore, you know, I got them, I got the one pair that was in my size, uh, and then Serena and I actually play with very similar size shoes. Um, so and they fit me fine, and they were pretty much, you know, similar construction as well in the midfoot and everything or the midsole. I remember Agassi back when I used to run around with him. He had Nike put. Just a solid classic herringbone sole on his shoe. That's what he wanted. Pete had the same thing. Pete's sole was a different sole. It was just a classic herringbone from I would have to confirm that, but generally speaking, that's what I think. Well, because Nike quite often they have like these sort of pods of treads. You know, there's like a front pod of a tread and then there's a back pod of the tread. And that's not the case when those guys had their shoes. Yeah, so, you know, when, when, you, when you see these people on the grass circuit, on the clay circuit, you know, everybody on grass is playing with the nubs. Everybody. No one is playing with the all-court version. Oh, yeah, yeah, we know that. We know that. Obviously, the grass court shoes is the grass court shoe. But have you seen, like, anything in terms of, I don't know, like, where the laces go and, and things like that? Well, yeah. So, I mean, it's really specific example on, on Serena's shoes, her, in her particular shoe, she has a much broader arch support on her shoe. Explain that broader arch support. What does that mean? So in most, in most, like she plays with the Nike court flare. Now the Nike court flare that you or me could pick up in the store has just a really small kind of half moon around its arch. On Serena's, it's this really broad, wide piece going up into the arch of her foot to help hold her arch up. Um, and you don't see that on the stock Nikes. Uh, and you really don't notice it until you look at them really up close. And it's, it's a small detail, but it makes a big difference. Her shoelace line, where her shoelaces tie in the eyelets, she has these really stiff, hard eyelets that she ties her shoes with, whereas on the regular ones, it's, it's, just the, it's basically just the upper material. It's that knit material where Serena is cranked in her shoelaces and she really needs all that support because she's a big mover side to side. So she needs that hardness on the shoelace line. That's also something you would never look at, never notice unless you're actually feeling the shoe. Also, Serena, I mean, her ankles are taped to the gills. Mm -hmm. She's got heavy support. What can you tell me about that? 
So, you know, she's, you know, she's probably rolled her ankle, you know, more times than I've actually won a tennis match. And when you're on that level, you need to feel confident. You need to feel comfortable. Um, same reason Andy Roddick was wearing ankle braces for so long, way after he probably even needed them, because it was just a comfort thing. So she tapes them for comfort. Typically, with my patients, I try to get them out of a brace as soon as possible, because I don't want them relying on that brace, because then once they take it off, they'll just they'll start flopping their ankle. Now, she plays with a high-top flare. Whereas a lot of the flares you see on stock version, they're low top. She plays with a higher top shoe. Um, now, high tops don't prevent ankle sprains. They just give her a little more feedback, and she likes that where she can just feel a little bit better when she's about to roll over. And so that's what a high top does. This gives you a little more what we call biofeedback. It just lets your brain know where your foot is in space. But also, like Michael Chang wore these ankle braces. I think Kevin, I've seen a lot of players over the years. Yes. They brace way, way up. Mm -hmm. And that brace that quite often they use, it's like a, like a multi-strap brace. What can you tell me about that brace? That's an ASO brace, and it works in a figure of eight. So it, it literally laces up, and then there's two straps that go around your midfoot and then cross your ankle, and then they Velcro to the top. And what's, and what's the story with that? It gives you front-to-back support, and then it also gives you side-to-side support. So when your foot starts rolling one way, the strap that starts on the one side starts pulling to the other side and kind of brings you back over. And so that's how that figure of eight works. And that's the same principle of taping. So when you see the physio come out, when someone has their ankle retaped, and you see them wrapping it around their heel and up their leg, that's what they're doing the one strap is actually tightening as they're rolling the one direction to kind of course correct them. Now, if you're not Roger and you're not Rafa, what Nike are you wearing in pro tennis? And what can you tell me about that shoe? So if you're wearing a Nike and you're playing in the pros, you're either playing in the Vapor 10s, the Vapor Cage 4s, or the GP Turbos. Right now, I would say probably the most popular shoe out there is probably the Vapor 10. It's very light. It's got a great tread. Um, and it flexes really nice for most players. It just gives you like a really nice feel, like a real low to the ground feel on the court without feeling like you're sinking into the court. Um, and so that's why I think the Vapor 10 is a little more popular than the Vapor Cages and the GP Turbos. Can you tell me the players or so, like a couple of players who play in each one of those? So Halep is playing in the Vapor 10s. Um, Naomi Osaka is playing in the GP Turbos. Francis Tiafo plays in the GP Turbos. Uh, Lena Svitolina plays in the Vapor Cage 4s. What about Shapovalov? Uh, Shapovalov is actually interesting. He plays in the Vapor 10 knit, the knitted version of that shoe, which – I honestly don't understand. Um, the Vapor 10 knit to me is a shoe that fits a, a player that doesn't exist. Um, it's a booty tongue construction, which means that it's like it has a sock liner that goes all the way around it. And then it has this knitted material that comes up over the actual shoe. So it's a little bit more durable than the Vapor 10 is. The only bad part is, is that knitted material can start to crease in your forefoot. So every time you push off of it, it's got this annoying little crease on it. And then the slipper tongue is made of neoprene. So it's really slippery. So your heel has a bigger chance of coming out of the shoe. Now, some people like that shoe. It, it is a very comfortable entry into the shoe and it, that neoprene feels really nice around your foot. Um, but for me, I just keep slipping out of it and I'd rather be in the Vapor 10s versus the- When you say slipping out of it, you mean your, your, your heels just kind of yes. bouncing around in the shoe a little more than you wish. Right, so yeah. So when you go to push off, your heel comes up and then the shoe comes up behind it. And that's, you know, I don't like that because it slows you down, number one. But number two, if you have heel pain, if you have Achilles tendonitis, plantar fasciitis, anything like that, that little set, that little slap of the shoe on your heel is going to cause a lot of pain. And so, after, I mean, you might not notice it at first, but after a thousand steps you take on a hard court, especially, that little tapping is going to eventually cause pain. Now, what about Adidas? I mean, there's the... There's the Adi Zero, there's the Ubersonic, there's the Barricade. You mentioned the Stycon, which, I mean, I think, let's get back to that, but I thought that was an abject yeah. failure from uh, Adidas. Who's doing what with Adidas right now? So Adidas is, is super interesting on the men's side. You've got uh, Dominic Team 
and Tsitsipas both playing with the soul court boost, but they don't play with the actual soul, the soul court boost. They play with the uppers of the soul court boost and they have the midsole of the Adidas bounce and then their treads. How so do they're you know playing that? with, they're playing, uh, you can see it on the, um, you, if you look at it really up close, the bounce foam and the boost foam, you can just, you can tell the difference up close, especially after I've cut a few of them open. I can, you know, I just know what to look so for. So you're telling me um, that the boost foam is not being used by those guys. I've seen them use it sometimes. Uh, but when you, you know, when you've seen them this year, uh, you know, in the quarters, semis, finals, or like team, you're looking at a boost foam. You're looking at a bounce foam midsole with a sole court boost upper. Because the boost foam is very spongy. It's very spongy. It's very comfortable. It's great for someone that has heel pain. It's not great for somebody that wants, I mean, no pun intended, but bounce and responsiveness. It's, it doesn't, it's not a very responsive foam. It's an accommodating foam. People like it because it feels good when you land on it, you know, after you've served or you're stepping back for a shot. It feels good. And it cradles your, because the boost foam is really only in the heel, in the, in the sole court boost. Mm-hmm. And so when you're stepping back for a shot or you're on one foot, your heel kind of digs into that foam and it almost like it almost envelops you, so you feel super stable. But when you go up and get to go for the next shot, it's not going to launch you like bounce foam will. Bounce foam will just launch; it will just literally spring right back. Whereas boost foam will. You believe in the bounce? I if if you asked me what midsole foam is the if if, if a pro player came to me and say what midsole should I put in my shoe, I'd say bounce foam. If someone came to me and say I have chronic heel pain, which which shoe should I get? I'd say get boost them. What's Zverev doing? He's playing right now in the Ubersonic 2s, which I'm sure he'll probably switch over to the 4s now that the 4s just came out. But um, Adidas was really interesting this year. They came out with the Ubersonic 3s. They were an absolute just flop. They really, they were just, they didn't do anything well. The Ubersonic 2s were a real invention in shoes. They were mostly made of neoprene, which was really forgiving. The, the shoelace closure was just really interesting. It really gave you a nice tie down. They were unbelievably aerodynamic without being too tight on your forefoot. And so, um, and, and they had a three-piece outsole construction, which just gave you a really a lot of stability on the outside of your foot. So everything about it was just an innovation. And they went to the they went to the threes and they were just nothing. They had this cardboard like upper, the treads were really not gripping of anything. Um, it was a slipper tongue, but it wasn't really enveloping. It just didn't do anything well. So Zverev kept playing and Verdasco too, Fernando Verdasco kept playing with the twos. So Adidas relaunched the twos this year, just a new colorway. And they were selling, you know, just as well, if not better than the threes. And then just recently, in the last couple of days, they came out with the fours. And would it be fair to say that that Stycon, the gimmick it was failure. because <laughs> it was because of Sitsipas breaking his uh, laces? Yes. So the, the Adidas Stycon is a two-phase for, Just shoe. one second. For our listeners, yeah. the Stycon is that freaky-deaky shoe with no laces. It's a, like a high-top, sort of a canvasy-looking shoe. It came out right around the Australian Open. And I don't think any pro player played with it. Sorry, uh, Dr. Thomas, continue. So the so I will preface this by saying the Adidas Stycon is one of the worst tennis shoes ever made. The Adidas Stycon Boa is one of the best tennis shoes that's ever been made. Now, the Adidas Stycon Boa, B-O-A, like a boa constrictor, that's the same thing. It has a turn dial, and it turns these steel tines. And, and it's the same thing as a snowboard boot that wrap around your foot. If you're an ankle sprain or if you need a stable shoe, that is the most stable shoe on the market that's ever been produced by any company ever. The bad part is, is that shoe weighs over 16 ounces. It is just, it's a lead, it's a lead balloon. What 16 ounces compare? How heavy is that compared to a normal tennis shoe? Well, like the, you know, the vapors, you know, come in, it just depends on, you know, the mold, but the vapors are coming in at like 11, 12, 13 ounces. Oh, that's too heavy. Um, That's too heavy, 16. 
Yeah. Oh, six, I mean, that's the thing. 16 ounces, you know, I mean, you know, and it just depends like what mold of shoe you get. Some of them are probably heavier. Um, it, it's just, it is a, it's just, it's too much shoe. Now, if you are an ankle sprainer and you're playing on clay and you don't need that really, you know, big first step, then the boas are great. If Adidas could find a way to make that shoe under 14, 14 ounces or lighter, if they could make that shoe 14 ounces or lighter, that would be the best tennis shoe ever made. Now, the st- now Sitsipas was playing with that at the ATP Cup. He was playing with the boa version of the shoe. And I think it was probably just too heavy for him. I mean, he's a big mover. He's really quick. And when you've got, you know, two bricks, you know, weighing you down, you're not going to play as well. Seemed to me that those shoes don't have any breathability as well, Dr. Thomas. Um, they're more breathable than you think they are because the, the layers of the shoe are very thin and it allows for heat to exchange through the layers. So they breathe better than you think it would. But yes, okay. I mean, overall, they, they do heat up pretty good. Let's talk about the Joker, Asics. Yeah, so Asics made the Court FF2 for Novak. Now, Novak was a big barricade user before that. So if you play in the court at the ASICS. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. Yeah. Uh, the Adidas barricade is what you're talking yes. about. Yes. Sorry. Yeah, so yeah, you're saying Adidas. Novak was an Adidas barricade player yeah. when he was sponsored by, when he was sponsored by Takini, then he was sponsored by, what's the name of that uh, the Japanese company? Oh, Uniqlo. Yeah. Uh, sorry. With Uniqlo and with Lacoste. He wore an Adidas shoe. Yes. Then he moved to the Asics, right? Yeah, then he moved okay. to Asics. So continue. And uh, so he was, you know, a lot, like the Barricade 7, you know, was, was, was like his shoe. So if you look at the, the Court FF2, it's an Adidas Barricade with a slipper tongue. That, that's basically what it is. Now, it's, it's better. They've, they've made a lot of improvements on it. If you ask me, that's probably the most aggressive shoe on the market right now. If you're in a really aggressive mover, that's the best shoe out there. Now, Novak is... Hang on a second. Why? Why? So it's got a slipper tongue. So it's got a booty tongue, but it also has this cage of rubber around it. So it's, it's this hybrid closure. So when you tie that thing down, I mean, it's like a monster truck on your foot. It also has tread. If you look at the shoe, it has tread coming up all the way on the inside and the outside of the shoe. And that's a cool thing? Yeah, if you're a hardcore slider or a toe dragger, you know, that's almost mandatory, especially if you're like Novak where you do the splits on a lot of shots and you need to be able to get up and go for the next one. Having tread on the inside of the shoe allows you to push off from that tread, whereas another shoe, you'll just slip and fall. Um, but, the Cord F, but the Cord FF2 actually has an actual chassis underneath of it so it doesn't have an internal shank doesn't have a little beam inside of it it's underneath the shoe so it so asics can stack all this foam into it so it's also a lot bouncier of a shoe than some others but it still has that really nice cage support underneath of it uh so asics has really cracked the code with that shank i think i think that's the the that's the one a really good combo there where you get a lot of midsole foam but you also get that nice secure hugging feeling underneath what can you tell me about the Fila shoes? So the Fila shoes are, re- are really interesting. They are like clouds. They, it feels like you're not wearing anything. Um, now, they're still 13, I think 13.5, 0.7 ounces, I'm not sure. Uh, but they're in the, in the mid-13 ounces. So they're not the lightest shoe out there, but they feel like the lightest shoe. The uppers are just, just really pillowy cushiony you know just really nice the midsole on them is really stiff it's a super stiff midsole um what does so that you're going mean to, what does that mean super stiff midsole it means that when you cut when you when you step into the shoe it, it's hard i mean it just it just doesn't it doesn't give like does so that a lot like, of flex you know, when you step into it yeah so like if you go into the sole port boost from adidas it, it's it's literally it's, it's gonna compress you know you're gonna it's, it feels like a slipper really really nice the Fila, you step into it, and it's, it's like wearing an old Converse. You know, so it's pretty hard. Um, now, if I were to wear the Fila, the, um, their, their, their flagship shoe, the Axolus, I would probably put an orthotic in there 
just to give myself just to get myself off of that midsole. Um, because the rest of the shoe, like I said, I mean, it just, it feels like you're wearing nothing, you know? So it feels like the shoe's like an extension of your leg. Let's move into the second set. This is the part of the show where we're gonna discuss the club player. Socks, what can you tell me about socks? What should people be thinking about when they're buying socks, when they're wearing socks? So if you are a, if you are somebody that has a wider foot, you want to get something that is a little bit of a thinner pair of socks. If you're someone with a really narrow foot, you want to go to something with a little bit of thicker pad. If it's me, I'm never wearing ankle socks ever. I'm always wearing crew socks, always ne- as a rule. Why? Um, so when you sweat, sweat beads down your leg. If there's nothing to stop it, it's going to go into your shoe that is going to cause blistering athlete's foot, things like that. If you have a crew sock, that sock actually stops the sweat on your leg. Um, So I found my feet stay cooler and I stay cooler in general by wearing a higher sock. And that's why you see most pros wearing a higher sock. uh, Thomas would go with a higher sock. I I wear a low sock because my legs are so short that if I wear a high sock, you only see like, you know, (laughs) I actually look shorter. I, it's all, it's all, you know, it's different. What about uh, Thorlo socks? Remember back in the day, Thorlo, those were like, those were like uh, blankets. They still are. They're the best socks out there. I mean, oh wait, you're telling me they're good. They're good. I love the Thorlo. You love Thorlo socks. If you look at a lot of my videos, I'd say nine times out of ten, I'm in a Thorlo. And um, there is no other sock on the market right now that gives you as much padding on a sock that actually means something. Now they are going to heat up a little more than some others for sure. Um, and they're more expensive than other socks for sure. In terms of comfort though, if you're playing a lot, if you're a teaching pro, if you're playing a lot of tennis, there's just, there's not a lot else out there that can give you as much as a Thorlo would. Well, I thought you were going to say that that's a um, outdated technology. That a thinner sock is a better sock now. So, I mean, it, it just it's a it depends on the player. If if it's you know if it's a hundred degrees out, and you know you're playing on a hard court, then yeah, I'm going to want to go with like the the Selinco socks or something really breezy like the Stance socks. You know, something that has you know a lot of heat exchange in them. But you know, if I'm playing in the bubble or if I'm at the tennis, you know, if I'm at the tennis club indoors, I'm, I'm going to put the Thorlos on every time. Thorlos. And, and people don't wear two pairs of socks anymore. Like back in like 82, right? Like no one doubles up their socks anymore. Right. A lot of pro, I mean, a lot of pros do. Um, and I, I would, you know, if, if it's me, I, yeah, I mean, I, there, there's a lot of benefits to doubling your socks. Uh, for sure. I don't think a lot of people do it anymore, though, just because you have options of thicker socks now if you want to. It seems like the shoe is more cushioned and, and there's more in the shoe that you don't need to, you know, be getting all wild with your socks. Is that wrong? No, that's not wrong. I mean, the tennis shoe technology has come a long way even since the early 2000s, you know, so you're you're getting a lot more, you know, shoe companies are finding a way to put more breathability in a shoe while still keeping it durable. Uh, so you are getting a lot more heat exchange that way. But if you look on tour, still a lot of people wearing two pairs. Orthotics. What's the point of orthotics? Orthotics are meant to bring the ground up to your foot. So that, that is very simple. If, if you need more support because you have a more flat foot and you over pronate, then they stop your foot from pronating into the ground. If you have a higher arch foot like me, they provide more cushion underneath of your arch so you're not slamming down on the ball of your foot and the heel. Now, a good rule of thumb is, is if you don't have any pain, you don't, put an or, you don't change it. You don't put an orthotic in your shoe. So a lot of people come to me and say, I, what orthotic should I get? And I say, oh, where's your pain? And they say, I have none. Why would you want to put, why would you want to change that? Why would you want to put an orthotic in your shoe? I tell everybody, I am a foot doctor. I have access to pretty much any orthotic I want. I don't wear orthotics. I can't stand them. They hurt. So not everybody should be wearing them. Um, but anybody that has any sort of slight pain or chronic repetitive injury 
should have them in their shoe. What's plantar fasciitis and how do you treat it? Uh, so plantar fasciitis is an inflammation of the band of tissue that holds your arch up. Typically, that gets inflamed right at the inside of your heel. And it's a big thing for tennis players because on the serve, you're cantilevering when you step. And so that band of tissue under your arch is just stretching every time. And it's just a millimeter or two, but over a thousand, you know, steps, it gets the, just really starts to get irritated. Uh, plantar fasciitis is, is treated one way and one way only. That's the only way to get rid of it is to stretch it. That is the only way to durably get rid of it. You can do cortisone injections, orthotics, rest, ice, all these other things. If you don't stretch it out, it's going to come back as soon as you treat it. Achilles tendinosis. I'm just asking about all the stuff I have. Uh, Achilles tendinosis. Same thing. It's an inflammation of that large tendon in the back of your leg. When you're jumping for a serve, even if you don't jump into your serve, you just walk into your serve, you hit just a flat serve, you are you're expanding and contracting that tendon a thousand times. And it's doing that even when you don't think it is just when you're split stepping, you know, the split step is like a worst thing you can do to your foot. And that's why so many tennis players have problems. And so same thing. The only way to get rid of it is to stretch it. You never want to inject an Achilles tendon with cortisone. It'll snap. Um, Kiki Burton's just had Achilles surgery and it's, you can see her Instagram page. It is a long recovery. Um, so the best way to get rid of Achilles tendonitis or tendinosis uh, is to prevent it by stretching. Is there a, uh, a best line of shoes for club players? Is there a best brand? Every I've, heard brand. That, I've heard that New Balance is a great brand, that they've got a great product. Oh, how do you find a shoe these days, man? So the only way to reliably find a shoe that is right for you is to have your foot measured in what's called a Brannock device. And that's that that's that metal thing that's in, in a sh, you know that, that shoe that shoe salesman has. You can buy one online pretty cheap and just get one for yourself and measure your own foot. Are you telling me that that machine at the Tom McCann is the way you got to do it? Yeah, it's just I mean just that little oval yeah. ring thing. It looks like a speed skating track. Yeah. Um, most people are wearing shoes that are too big for them. That is the general rule. Most people are wearing a half size to a full size shoe that is bigger than, than they need. Why is that? Because uh, most people, I mean, as they get older, everyone thinks their foot gets bigger as you get older. It doesn't. It gets flatter. Your ligaments start to loosen and your foot just flattens out. Most of us start gaining weight too as we get older. And so you got more gravity, you know, more going down on it. And, uh, and so your foot starts flattening out. So whereas, you know, you, you think you're an 11, you're not, you're a nine and a half double E or triple E. Um, so most people are, most people are wearing shoes that are just way too big for them. The next thing is there is no one brand of shoe that's best. Every company has a flagship that is really good. I would say if you're looking for a wider shoe, something that you can reliably just look off online and say, I need an 11 and a half this, it's New Balance. They're incredibly consistent. There's, there's, real, there's not a lot of uh, wiggle, there's, you know, there's not a lot of fear factor when you're on Tennis Express or Midwest or whatever, and you're looking and thinking, am I going to fit into this? If it's an 11 and a half double E, that's your shoe. Whereas in Nike, the Nike Vapor 10 is a wider shoe. Whereas the Nike Vapor Cage 4 in the same size is going to pinch the outside of your foot. In Adidas, if you're going to get the new Ubersonic 4s, they're going to feel a little bit tighter on the outside of your foot than the Soul Match Bounce or the Soul Court Boost. So all these, you know, New Balance is the only shoe I've found that is consistent across all of their shoes. Um, even Asics, you know, if you they're, you know, they're a little bit better, but if you get the solution speeds versus the Cord FF2, it, it, it's, a diff, it's, it's a different experience. Is one of my uh, listeners wants to know, is there, what's the difference between a clay cord shoe and a regular shoe? Is that just focus, focus? No, it's big difference. Um, it, well, it, the, the big difference is in the treads. The treads are softer and they are a chunkier herringbone. What people are looking at in shoes sometimes now, which I see, which is actually pretty dangerous, is that people will look at a shoe 
like the Uber Sonic and see herringbone and say, this is a clay court shoe. That's not the case. Tennis companies are finding out that a wider herringbone grips hard courts really well. It's like a racing skid. So it really grips hard courts well, plus a wide herringbone you can slide on. If you want a clay shoe, you need a thin, chunky, deep herringbone. So just because a shoe is herringbone does not make it a clay. So yeah, the, the clay soles of the shoe, uh, perfect example, Asics Gel Resolution 8. There's the all court and there's the clay. On my durability test I do on those shoes, their hard court shoe, I mean, it's almost damaging the Dremel. It's so hard. On the clay shoe, the Dremel just goes right through. Let's move into the 10 ball scramble. We're going to rock. I got a, I got so many questions for you, man, but we're going to we're going to do a, a scramble like no other. We're going to do a tennis shoe scramble. You ready? I'm ready. Shoe goo. Yeah. Did I just stump no. you? No. Shoe goo is is good if you're a skateboarder, um, but not for the lateral movement of tennis. So the days of shoe goo are over. You should not be shoe gooing your holes in your in your shoes. No. No. That's like nails on a chalkboard. <laughs> when should you be? Yeah, yeah, the doctor is uh, having like a panic attack on camera yeah. now. When should you be changing your shoes? Either when when any part of the tread is bottomed out. Usually it's under the big toe joint. So you're saying that when the, when the big toe goes past the sole, when the sole's rubbed out, you got to change. Yes. Period. Yes. Even if the whole, hold on, even if the whole upper and the rest of the sole is, is, is still in pretty solid shape. Yes. You can probably get away with it for a little while, but remember if that hole is being rubbed through the treads, it's being rubbed through the midsole. And so the midsole's integrity is starting to, to fail. Um, most shoe companies now have that dot there. They have like, you know, where it's a little harder of a rubber, that pivot point. So it doesn't wear out as fast anymore. Um, and some companies are just making it really flat herringbone there. So you can't tell if it's flattening out or not. Uh, but that's typically when, or 500 miles or whenever it starts to hurt. Top One of my top listeners, Megan Fernandez, wants to, no, what's the best lightweight shoe for a woman? She's a club player. What's the best lightweight shoe for a mm -hmm. woman? Yes. Uh, I would say either the Nike Court Flare uh, or the New Balance 696, the New Balance 996. And um, she asked about a wide-width lightweight shoe as well. Wide-width yeah. lightweight shoe. Best shoe for wide New, feet. New Balance 996, double E. Best shoe for uh, that doesn't wear out on the hard court. Best shoe that won't wear on a hard court is either going to be A6 Court FF2, Nike GP Turbo in the is, is if you don't slide the Nike GP Turbo, um, Adidas Soul Court Boost. Best bang for the buck. What, what's a great value shoe? So I mean, I've heard you talk about K Swiss. So, so are we talking brand new shoe or last season shoe? You gotta tell us, man. This is your this is your expertise, someone. The very best value you can get is New Balance, by far. K Swiss is a close second. Um, the Ultra Shots, the Hypercourt Express shoes. I mean, you can get some of those shoes for you know seventy dollars. I mean, even the 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 Fila's right now. I got them for I got them for seventy five bucks. Um, you know the. You know, the, the Court FF2 is like 130 You know, some of these shoes are getting pretty expensive. Um, so I, I would say right now the best bang for your buck is New Balance, K-Swiss, Fila. And then you also have to look at which other flagship shoes in the old colorways are 50 60 70 bucks cheaper because they're last season's model. You know, yeah, there's, so, no I mean, shame, there's, there's no shame in buying last year's if it's a great shoe. That's every shoe I buy for the channel. I always buy the old ones because I save money that way. Yonex shoe. Yonex Eclipsian 3 would be the best shoe on the market right now if it weren't so narrow. That is pound for pound probably the best shoe out there. It's just pretty darn narrow. Um, it took me probably a week 
to break that in of consistent playing. And even after I got it feeling comfortable, I could still feel it. Uh, it wasn't bad. I could just still feel a little bit. The Wilson shoe. Wilson, you know, you still see him particularly among serious, like, league players and stuff. Yeah. What's the story with the Wilson shoe? So Wilson has a great marketing apparatus. And because so many clubs carry their rackets, most clubs are selling their shoes as well. Wilson makes the best shank, which is that beam in the shoe. They make the best shank out there. It's no, no, what's light. that shank? What's that mean, shank? The shank of the shoe is, uh, if you look at any of my videos on the teardown, you'll see it. It's this. It's that thin little beam right, uh, right in the midsole of the shoe. It's kind of, it's kind of right under the midsole, right above the treads. It's, a, it's either graphite, carbon fiber, or polypropylene plastic. And in a lot of shoes, you can actually see it underneath the shoe. And it actually juts out right underneath the shoe. Now Wilson's is a shark fin. It looks like a shark fin there, and it's super aerodynamic and it's super light, and it goes all the way from the back of the shoe to the fronts, from the side to the side. So their shoes stay ultra stable, all right? Um, they, and, they're, and they can stay lighter while being that stable. So that about the Wilson shoe I like. The Wilson midsole is, is pretty pedestrian. It's pretty stiff. Um, and so that about, it, I don't, I, that about it, I don't like. Their shoes are good. They're workhorse shoes. How's the head shoe? Head is a no, like the Revolt and the Speeds. Um, Marin Chilich plays with them now. Uh, he's playing, he's playing with them and they're nice. The, the newer ones have a lot more durability in them. You can get them for cheaper, although they, the head shoes used to be cheaper. They're making them a little more expensive now. Um, they're no frills. I, I have a, I have someone uh, who I'm friends with at uh, the tennis center I play at and he plays with them exclusively. They're nimble, they're aerodynamic. Um, and they're just kind of a no BS shoe. Now, listen, this is a last question I asked you when we started talking. I said, well, you, you got to try my shoe, and I wear the Diodora, yes. and you told me some interesting things about it. Listen, I love Diodora. I love Diodora since I was a kid because that's obviously the Borg shoe. Velos played in that shoe. I love Diodora. I wear their I, – I wore their soccer cleats when I played – you know, when I played soccer. So <laughs> – Tell me about tell me about Diodora. Tell me about the shoe that I asked you to try. So Diodora has done something really interesting. They've it, it's almost like they went to a bunch of the other shoe companies. They looked at a bunch of their shoes and they say, "How can we thread the needle right in between all of them?" And so uh, their shoe is made of mostly EVA. That's ethyl vinyl acetate or ethylene vinyl acetate. That is what's called. That's what's an open cell foam. So that means that foam is a lot stiffer, but it deforms when you when you go into it. So almost almost like a memory foam mattress. Whereas other shoes, they're they're bouncy, so they, they're open cells, so they, they'll bounce back. The Diodoras will conform to your foot, which makes them a lot more of it just makes them more comfortable, makes them more plush. Now Diodora also adds a ton of support and a ton of cushioning in the forefoot that some other shoes do not have. So they will give a lot more like when you're going for a ball really wide, whereas some shoes, if you do that over and over again, you're going to rub a blister on your foot. You're going to get a hot spot or you'll end up stress fracturing on the Diodoras. They will compress all the way through so that you get that really forgiving feel. They're a different feeling shoe than most other flagships out there. They're much more made for comfort. They are much more made for feel. You can feel the court a lot better in them. Um, they're heavier shoes, but they don't feel heavy. Um, and they're, they're called Diodora Blue Shields. Blue Shield is the technology they put in the forefoot. And it's these little nubs that go into the midsole of the foam. And they actually just compress all different ways back and forth. So however you're coming down into your shoe, they'll fit it. So you have a high arch foot, it, it'll, it'll fit you. If you have a low arch foot, it'll fit that too. The only bad part about the Diodoras is they're not as responsive as some other shoes. So if you take the Diodoras versus like say the Nike GP turbos, if you do like a bounce test on them, the GP turbos and boing bounce up in the air, the Diodoras will just deform more. So they're much more of an accommodating shoe, whereas some other shoes are much more of a responsive shoe. 
you said something cool in your review. You said that the logo, the the actual Diodora logo is functional. It does something. Yes. So the, the Diodora logo is is like a V on, on its side. Now the top wing of that V it's like a Y, into, right? It's like a Y. Yeah, kind. Y. Yeah, yeah. I guess I guess it'd be a Y, yeah. Big Y. So <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so the, the top wing of it stitches into the shoelace line. That then goes, the second, then the, the next fork goes down into the midsole. And then the back part of it connects into your heel. So it's giving you like a tripod of support. So, I mean, you know, the, the shoe has a really hard time rolling because it's got all three of those elements connected to each other. So then the rest of the shoe is all mesh. Because why do you need to put any more stabilizing elements on it? You've already got that big stabilizer on it. So why would you need anything else? So I think that just, you know, the way they've used that is really kind of genius in there. And, and this has come from someone that hasn't played in D. I haven't played in Diodora in, since Guga won the French Open. You know, so that, that's how long it's been. And, and that's why I just thought it was a really interesting play test because it, the shoe is not for everybody. That's for sure. But you can just tell the whoever engineered these just really had a lot of thought in mind. Hey man, you walk it like you talk it. You play in them. You cut them open. You you go do surgery. Um, I enjoyed that <laughs> immensely. Your YouTube, you go to Tennis Pro Doc, right? That's how you find you. Yeah, the Tennis Pro Doc on YouTube. Yep, on YouTube. Yeah, and you're busting out different things weekly. Yeah, I, I usually try to get out two videos a week. I try to do a racket and a shoe um, during the week. I, I, I've started doing racket tests the same as I do the shoe test, like the different little, you know, tests I do. So, well, Hey, listen, man, this was a pleasure. I always, uh, you know, I don't know a lot of people from Pittsburgh, but you might seem like we might be like <laughs> one of the nicest people in Pittsburgh from what <laughs> I know. And uh, enjoy the holidays. Enjoy your football team. You know, let's be in touch. All right. Hey, thank you so much for having me on. This was uh, this was a absolute pleasure. Dr. Zach Thomas, you are released. Nice. Huge thank you to Dr. Zach Thomas. And thank you to Sergio Tacchini. See them at SergioTacchini.com and use my code CRAIG30 in all caps at checkout to receive 30% off of your order. Once again, our Red Take Complete is the official towel of the Craig Shapiro Tennis Podcast. They are at A-R-E-T-E-C-O-M-P-L-E-T-E.com. The towels are a tremendous gift. Use my code SHAP20 in all caps to receive a 20% discount. We are taking orders for the tennis t-shirt of 2020, the Quarantine Classic. It's a throwback to the junior shirts we used to get at tournaments when we were kids. We are taking orders for the Terabat 2, the Blanc, and the Ver. Shoot me a note if you want to get on that program. Max Loeb edited the show. Our music is by Brian Senti. We'll be back next time with more of the most interesting voices in the sport. Until then, I'm Craig Shapiro, and you are released.